0: Good Morning Cornerstone Covenant. I am Theo Wilson and I am bringing you the message this morning. Uh, I currently serve as youth pastor at Hillmark Covenant Church and I've been there for four years and I have served as a youth pastor in various churches for 18 years, the majority of those in uh, an evangelical covenant church. My wife and I, uh, we have been married for two months longer than I have been a youth pastor. And my wife, Kindria, uh, she has been by my side, uh, my top volunteer. And I'll tell you what, my wife works in elections, and so I haven't seen her very much recently. And this season has just shown me how much she is the glue to our family. And it just reminds me that I definitely married up. Uh, we have two daughters, two teenage daughters, and the cool thing is, despite being busy, active teenagers, they actually still like to hang out with my wife and I. So I'm really, really grateful for that. I'm also really, really grateful for this church. I'm really grateful for the youth group here. Now, since my daughters have grown up being pastor's kids, I've always said, if you can find a youth group that you can go to and not be the pastor's kid, uh, I will totally support that and totally encourage you to go. My oldest daughter, Parker, comes here, and I just have to say, it has been such a blessing for her to be here. You know, Paige Craig is an incredible youth pastor. Paige is respected throughout. Uh, our conference, the PSWC. And I have to say, OBS is an incredible youth leader. And so I'm just really grateful for Paige and OBS and for the youth group here and for this church. So I'm really grateful for the chance to bring God's word to you this morning. Obviously, this was not the year to travel due to the pandemic. I've had to cancel multiple trips, including a mission trip for students this year. But in the midst of this, my family decided that we needed to go see a relative. A relative who is aging, advancing in years. This would be my wife's grandfather. His name is Eugene Park. Grandpa Park is pushing 90 years old. So this is, this is an important time to see him. Grandpa Park was instrumental in my wife's faith. Grandpa Park is also someone uh, very wise in science. He helped develop IV drip bags, saline solution for contacts, and the EpiPen. Grandpa Park is also the namesake for my older daughter, Eugene Park, and our daughter is named Parker Jean. So this trip was incredibly important. The problem is, it's a pandemic. And so we have figured out traveling safely. In fact, we started planning this trip back when it looked like it would be safe to travel. But then things got worse again So that's problem number one Problem number two is that Grandpa Park lives in Ohio I have to travel in a pandemic to Ohio Now automatically I said we're not flying I'm the guy who flies and I come back and I get a cold And so we're not flying but we have to go to Ohio And so we decided to drive That's 5800 miles in two weeks And so for me, this trip was not completely about the destination. I wanted to make sure that this trip was full of memories. We were going to be spending far more time traveling to and from Ohio than our time there. And so we needed to make the most of it. Along the way, we stopped and pretended to race each other on the Bonneville Salt Flats we looked for a social media hotspot, this chair that like, sits on the edge of the Great Salt Lake, and we looked for it unsuccessfully. We, we walked around the Mormon Temple Square. We stopped at the Crazy Horse Memorial and Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. I would encourage you to skip the Presidential Wax Museum. It's definitely not Madame Tussauds. Uh, You know, along the way we got yelled at by park rangers for rolling down our windows at one of those uh, wildlife animal preservation parks. We explored Chicago. As a football fan, I stopped and I saw a touchdown Jesus at the University of Notre Dame. And that was all just on the way out there. Coming back, we stopped at Churchill Downs where they raced the Kentucky Derby. And we stopped at the Grand Canyon. You know, I never ever thought that a hole in the ground would make me say that God is big and God is powerful. But that's a big hole and it reminds me that our God is big and God is powerful. We created so many memories along the way on this trip. I'm thankful for that. This trip was far more than just the original destination of getting to Ohio. And I think sometimes we can get caught up, though, only focused on our destination, that we miss what is happening on the journey. And I think if we're honest, our spiritual lives can reflect that as well. Today I'm going to be focusing on Psalm 25, verses four and five. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. So as I said earlier, we are destination—pardon me—driven people. We live our lives looking ahead. On the road of life. We ask questions like when will we get there? And right now the questions that we're asking about life is when will COVID be over? When is this rough season going to be over? When will this issue within my family die down? When will work kind of, you know, play itself out and work things out? When, when, when? What is your When? Question. This morning as you sit there watching this. For me, just like everyone else, yes, I ask, when will COVID be over? I ask, when will my kids return to normal? Will my kids' life return to normal, I should say? When can I run my youth group ministry the way I did before? In my church, we've gone through a lot of transition, including uh, the senior pastor stepping out. When will transition stop, and when will things become normal again? And while we are currently looking ahead at the destination, at the when, we need to stop and remember that God is with us. While we are currently, you know, looking down the road, saying when is this going to work out, we have to remind ourselves that God is right there with us in this moment on the road and the path of life. And God wants this moment, this spot in the middle of the journey to not just be a means to an end, but to be part of the overall experience of our relationship with him. You know, imagine that road trip that I took with my family. Imagine we got out of the car and we're taking in some big sight And we're just kind of basking in it. And all of a sudden, one of my kids just say, when are we getting to Ohio? They would totally miss the experience of what we had there in that moment. God doesn't want just to be the God of your destination, the God of your when. But God wants to be the God of your journey, the God of now, the God of this moment, and also the God of when. Psalm 25, verse 4, show me the right path, O Lord, point out the road for me to follow. But do we ever do this? Do we ever ask God for directions and then you're like, well, I'll take it from here. Thank you, big man in the sky. I mean, don't we often approach God with our agendas and our ideas and we want to kind of like add a little bit of faith to it as well? Or instead of asking God to point out the road for us, can't we be guilty of pointing out to God the road that we think we should take and then we ask him to bless it? Or sometimes we go into prayer until we feel comfortable or or something small changed and we say, you know what, this is the way I'm going to go. Thanks, God got it from here. But you see, God doesn't want to just point out the direction for us to go and then have us go solo. God desires a relationship with us and to walk with us in the details of this journey. I just think we can be so guilty of going to God and saying, God, show me the way to go. And then as soon as he does, we kind of take off and we go solo until we hit a bump in the road and then we turn around and we're like, okay, God, uh, hit the bump, please help me. But God wants to be with you in a way that you know he is there. God wants his presence to be real with you each step along the way. Just think about it. The creator of the universe, the creator of the Grand Canyon, wants you to know that he is with you in the details of your journey. We say, God, show me the way. And God doesn't just point out and say over there. God says, I'm here with you leading you in the way. The same God who walked with the Hebrews in the Exodus and out into the wilderness walks with you today in the wilderness of 2020 when we have no idea what is coming next. The God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever is walking with you on your journey The God who has been faithful to you in your past, and you have stories of his past faithfulness, he is still walking with you today and wants you to know that and to not forget him as he walks with you. Don't go solo when this God who has been faithful to you in the past is saying, I am walking with you still today. God does not point out the way and then abandon us to go on our own. But God is the God of the journey we are on. We are not alone. And on this journey, God is desiring for you to grow more and more into the image of his son. Psalm 25, verse 5. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. See, as God leads us into his Truth And his he teaches us, he desires to help us grow more and more into the image of his son. Like a parent who takes their child when things are hard. And they use that moment to teach them and to develop the strength of their character. God wants to take these moments on our journey of life. And take these moments and help us to grow into the image of his son. To mold us into the image of his son who at Gethsemane said... I really don't want to go through this. Take this cup from me, but only if it's your will. Only your will be done, not mine. God is working in these times of our journey that are difficult to transform us into the image of his son, to teach us in the way to go, the way that we should be. Now, we love verses like Romans eight twenty-eight. Let me read it for you. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's a great verse to read in the morning as we sit down and we we drink our coffee. That's a great devotional verse. But sometimes we stop there when, when I think it's really important that we keep reading, that we read verse 29 as well. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God chose you to be like Jesus on this journey of life, on the path that we're taking. God desires for you to grow more and more into the image of his son. We can focus on the end destination, on the when. When am I getting there? Jesus is saying, we're going to talk about You becoming more like Jesus, that is God's focus for you. And as we grow in our faith and as we grow in our spiritual maturity and our Christ-likeness, it helps us to deal with the bumps and the bends in the road that we aren't prepared for. But this begs the question, are you making the effort to get to know Jesus? in order to be like him. Just as we can be guilty of asking God for a direction and then taking it from there, we can be just as guilty of taking just a little bit of Jesus. We get that one verse that gives us a spiritual buzz and then we we kind of take it from there. But ask yourself, am I getting to know Jesus deeply? Am I really spending time with him? Am I spending enough time with him that he is influencing me and the decisions that I make on this path that I am on? As Psalm 25 says, lead me, teach me, show me the right path. Jesus, living like Jesus, is the right path. You know, I tell students all the time, show me who your friends are. Whoever your friends are, is going to be who you are going to become. We become like the person that we hang out with. Are you spending time with Jesus to the point that this is who you are going to become like? You can't become like somebody you don't know. And I don't even think that you'll become somebody, You become like somebody that you know of. There's a difference between knowing of someone and knowing them. Do you know Jesus? Not just know of, but do you know Jesus to the point that he is changing you? Show me the right path, O oh Lord. It's to be more like Jesus on this path that you are on. Are you spending enough time with Jesus that he is changing you, that he is influencing who you are? And what's your game plan? What is your strategy for spending enough time with Jesus so that he impacts who you are, and changes the decisions that you make on this path, on this journey of life. You can't be like him if you don't know him. And it's important that you become like Jesus, because as God develops that in you and you become more like Jesus, that is such a crucial part of our relationship with God. Because lastly, on this road, on this path, God gives us hope on the road that we walk. Let's read Psalm 25, verse 5 again. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Now I kind of wrestled at first what to talk about. Do I I first talk about becoming made in the image of Christ? Do I talk first about, you know, having hope? But I think the more we grow into the likeness of Christ, the easier it is for us to have hope on the journey. Otherwise, it's easy for us just to go and get a quick, a quick hit of hope. Kind of like we can have a quick buzz, a feel-good verse about Jesus, and then we go about our day. But to have a deep, sustaining hope comes from becoming like Christ and knowing who Christ is and, and being connected to the Father who is walking with us on the path of life. This is more than just an adrenaline hit of hope that we then lose when life becomes hard. Now, hope itself is defined as a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And that definition itself sounds a lot like the 21 questions of when is this going to happen? When will this work out? But I think hope is different than that. I think a biblical hope. Is knowing who's in charge and putting our trust in God on this journey. And that hope is essential for surviving this journey of life. You know, verse 5 at the end says, All day long I put my hope in you. Are you trusting God all day long? Are you putting your hope in Him? You know, in John 16, Jesus is, he actually delivers some bad news to his audience, but then he goes on to say this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Jesus keeps his promises. And I wish that part in verse 33 is a promise that he would break. But unfortunately, we will have trials, and we will have sorrows. We will have days that it's actually hard to place our hope in him. But in the midst of that, we can have hope and peace that he provides. As he said here, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I Have overcome the world we can place our hope in the one who has overcome the world we will have trials and we will have sorrows but we can place our hope in the one who has overcome the world the one that we are becoming more and more transformed into the image of by God the Father who is walking with us on each step of this journey because we may not like all the turns that happen on this journey We may wonder where God is leading. We may be tempted to ask, when is all this over? And when that happens, isn't it a good thing? When those questions arise in us, isn't it a good thing that God is still walking on this path with us? This God who's able to do more than we can understand. This God that created everything, the Grand Canyon, and that you stand next to and you're like, wow, God is big and powerful is the same God who is walking next to us when we experience trials and hard times. I am reminded of the little book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a minor prophet towards the back of the Old Testament. He was mourning the moral decay of the nation of Judah. Political tensions were rising, and Habakkuk just starts peppering God with questions. God, why is this happening? When will things be different? And I just absolutely love God's response. I am doing something. Habakkuk, I am doing something so amazing that if someone were to try and explain it to you, you wouldn't understand it. You see, as we walk this journey of life with a God who walks with us, He is intimately involved in developing our strength and character, and He does unbelievable things. That is where we place our hope, in the God who does unbelievable things. So I just want to ask you a couple questions to wrap this up. Some questions to consider. What is it you're saying, when will this happen, or when will this end, or Something along the lines like that. What are you focused on so much? What's the destination that you're focusing on so much that you are missing out on what God has for you in this moment? COVID has been the great interrupter, but I think that the season of COVID can be the great teacher. And what is God wanting to teach you in this moment or whatever moment is that you're saying, when will this be over? How are you getting to know the teachings and truth that God has for us, which has been lived out in the life of Jesus Christ? Are you spending time with Jesus on the daily to get to know him, to get to know the path that we should be living on, on the daily? Are you spending enough time with Jesus so that he's influencing you and so that you are looking more and more like Christ in your decisions? And lastly, are you placing your hope in this God who is walking with you? Are you placing your hope in this God who can do unbelievable things? If we were to stop and look at your social media, does your social media reflect hope in God or does it reflect anxiety about what's happening in the world around you? We say, God, guide us, teach us, point us on the way to go and he does and not only does he point but he walks with us and so let me just end with 2 Thessalonians 2 16-17 now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope Comfort you and strengthen you. On this life we walk on, we are not alone. God is with us. The God who does unbelievable things, God is with us.